I'm Logan Bishop from Belmont University, and you're listening to Higher Ed Social, part of the Connect EDU network. So how many uh, Lyme jokes have you heard lately, you know, because, you know, coronavirus? <laughs> I actually haven't heard any Lyme jokes, um, but this um, this afternoon, one of my staff members showed me a Baby Yoda meme, and it was um, me telling my coworkers I have the coronavirus, and it was like Baby Yoda with his mouth open like he was coughing. Uh, <laughs> so that was... That's I have not my- seen that meme yet. Yeah, I hadn't seen it either like she introduced me to it i was like that one's pretty good so well here's my here's my tough thing like right now is like allergy time for me like all the grasses are coming up and yes. all of the all of the dogwoods and pears are starting to bloom <clears throat> and my voice and i'm is getting kind of scratchy and i'm kind of like <clears throat> a lot mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm making people nervous, but I'm a hundred percent sure it's my allergies because it happens yes. every year, and it's usually when the dogwoods bloom, yeah. and um, I have to change from regular Allegra to Allegra D in order to survive. And uh, but now everybody looks at me suspiciously, like I have the coronavirus or something, and I'm just like, nope, no COVID nineteen here, just. Right. Uh, 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 just good old allergies, and I know that because I don't have a fever. So right, yeah, I was at the like the deli counter getting some turkey at the grocery store this evening on my way home from work, and I sneezed, and I was like, I swear I'm not sick. <laughs> and the lady at the deli counter was like, Oh no, she's like, but I understand my allergies are real bad right now, and so I'm telling everybody I'm not sick. It's allergies. Like, it is yeah, definitely it's allergies. Believe yeah. me, if I stop taking my allergy medicine. We'll all see that it is, in fact, allergies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's Allegra D time. Um, right. But uh, also COVID-19 time, too, apparently. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. and we're not going to talk about that on the episode that much, but we're all dealing with it. And, you know, to all of us out there, um, stay strong. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, um, it, so much of it is, you know, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes. I mean, you know, the, I already talked about the 1918 flu pandemic, you know, and none Spanish of us were alive. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think so much of it is just like, we've never seen anything quite like this. And so that uncertainty of the unknown and how should we react and what should we do? Um, and then I, I feel like people are on like extremes. So there's either the people who like have purchased all of the toilet paper and hand sanitizer, which I'm and not buying in- the silver solution and gargling and drinking that or gargling with bleach. Yeah. Right. Um, or they're like, I don't care about this, you know, and they're like, why are they not having people at the basketball games? That's stupid. And I'm like, could we find a happy medium? Like where we're just being responsible and like not panicked, but not totally blase and just like be responsible. That's where I hope we, that's where I hope most people are. I hope that it's just the fringes that are like catching my attention. Well, you know, the thing that, um, 
The thing that I find interesting, and, and I'm actually excited to see this, um, probably more than most people, but the NCAA tournament, March Madness, mm-hmm. without fans, that is going to be interesting. Because Belmont's in the tournament, we find out on Sunday oh, yeah. like, where we're going to be, um, or who we're, who we're going to be playing. But the cool thing is, there won't be any fans there. So whoever Belmont plays, like, there will be literally no advantage right. from having fans. So we're just going to be at a, cli- a quiet gym, yep. no cheers, just squeaks, mm-hmm. squeaks of shoes, and a dribbling ball. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> I wonder how much the coaches are going to get bleeped. I wonder how much everyone's going to get bleeped. Right? But you know what I mean? Because like, you know, in a normal broadcast, because of all of the noise in the gym, it, it doesn't pick up. Like, I mean, you know, they say tons of things that would get bleeped, but the microphones aren't going to pick it up in that raucous gym. And now that they're going to have what they said, you know, athletic officials and like small groups of families might be permitted to attend. I'm like... Yeah, they're they're gonna have to have that beat button like real real ready. <laughs> all those families trash talking, and that's all you're right. gonna hear. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Um, yeah, real interesting. Well, um, well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so that everyone can know who you are, where you work, and what you do. Oh, sure. So um, I'm Beth Wolf, and um, for a grand total of two months, um, I have been the executive vice president of enrollment management at the University of Charleston, which is a small private institution in the uh, capital of the state of West Virginia, um, not to be confused with um, the Charleston that's located in South Carolina, um, although that happens from time to time. It does. It does. Um, And my entire career has been in education, but I actually didn't start out in higher ed. I started out um, actually as a junior high English teacher um, and then spent seven years teaching high school um, English and chemistry, which is a very atypical combination of subjects for someone to teach. Um, And then in 2006, I transitioned into higher ed um, and had and have had several different roles. Um, But my current one is very new um, and very exciting um, and being made even more exciting by, you know, needing to make a campus wide decision about how to respond to a global pandemic. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Um, (laughs) So, so how did you, how did you make that jump, right? From, you know, what was it? uh, Well, middle school? Teaching high school chemistry. High school, yeah. So high school chemistry to higher ed. Yeah. So, um, kind of by some, some, um, connections that I had, um, so I was, I was teaching, I was living in Bloomington, Indiana, um, teaching at Bloomington High School South, go Panthers. And, um, my dad actually was, uh, an engineering professor at Marshall University in West Virginia, which happened to be my alma mater. And, um, they were doing a summer engineering camp for high school students. And so, um, my dad, uh, 
said, contacted me and he said, Hey, you know, I was thinking about having you come out and help me with some of these activities that we do at the camp. And, um, I was talking to our Dean and she said that if you wanted to come and be a chaperone at the camp and stay in the dorms that she'd pay you, you know, for the whole week. And I was like, well, yeah, sure. You know, that's cool. So, um, so I, you know, came in for that, that week and, um, you know, kind of instructed and chaperoned at the camp. And they had at Marshall, they had a coordinator of STEM outreach position hmm. um, and somebody who was doing kind of some K-12 outreach, some recruitment work um, for the College of Science and the College of Engineering, um, and then also some kind of freshman retention initiative work. Um, and the person that had been in that position decided to go to law school. So the position came open um, and they said, you know, hey, you did a great job with this camp. You know, you've got this K-12 background. We think you'd be a good fit. We'd love to see you apply. So I did. And they offered me the job. And um, both my family and my husband's family um, are from the area Um this area in West Virginia. So we uh, took the opportunity to move back. And, um, and so that was 14 years ago. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so that's how I made the transition. So it was really, um, I was ready for a change. Um, I had had kind of a year with a lot of, um, parents that had been really, um, parents, parents, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there were, there were some tensions in our, our school corporation, um, with our superintendent and things that were just kind of, um, just not great. And so I was ready for it to do something different. Um, and then, you know, to have the chance to come back home, uh, was, was nice. And so, um, and then my husband's a musician and music teacher, and, um, he had the opportunity to start teaching, um, at Marshall as well. So it just worked out really well for, for both of us to make that, that move. Isn't it great though, when your spouse works at the same institution? Um, my wife actually works at student affair in student affairs at Belmont. So Yay. It's yeah, really great yeah. when we actually get to carpool once every three weeks, but right, yeah. So, so now that's been part of the adjustment um, with my change because now I'm at a different institution. So now we're driving in in opposite directions. Um, so that's I think that's really probably the only um, drawback I would say to the new job is um, that uh, we don't get to carpool anymore, but. Um, it's a small price to pay, I think, for the really great opportunity that I have now. And you get to listen to audiobooks that maybe he doesn't want to listen to or <laughs> or things like that. Um, not to say that I do that um, <laughs> when I go to work by myself. Um. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, kind of different choices and podcasts, you know, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, we do, her and I definitely have overlap in the podcasts that we like, so okay. that's good. You okay. know, yeah. you can you can never go wrong with Up First and The Daily. I mean, those are news podcasts, right? Right. Um, so we're pretty good there. Um, it's just when I start to get into some of my comedy podcasts that she's like, "Uh, hello yeah. from the Magic Tavern, really." Um, but uh, and I haven't even listened to that in a while. Um, I started getting. I, I got into audiobooks. Um, well, I've been into auto audiobooks for a while, but they've kind of replaced podcasts for right now. Oh, um, okay. Because Audible subscriptions are the devil. Um, uh. 
not in a bad way. I just really enjoy it um, because I get a book a month. And uh, luckily, I, I get through the book in about two to three weeks. Um, and then, like the last week of the month, while I wait for my credit to refresh, I listen to podcasts and catch okay. up. Yeah. So that's, that's like perfect timing. Yeah, it works out. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you do now um, as Executive Vice President of Enrollment Management. I guess I can, I can guess, and most of us can guess what you do. <laughs> but, you know, maybe there's some things we don't know. So, yeah. Sure. So, um, you know, so I'm heading up the admissions and financial aid work at the university. Um, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, (laughs) but the exciting thing is that um, we're just really looking to kind of take things to the next level and, and really modernize, um, and innovate some of the things that we're doing. Um, so it, you know, kind of coming into an environment where people were really, just kind of anxious for and eager for change, um, which isn't always the case, right? Like sometimes you go into a new place and people are like, this is how we have done this for the past 27 years. And this is how we will continue to do this. And if you tried to change it, it worked and it worked and we like it and students get admitted, (laughs) it may take six weeks, but they make it in. Um, Yeah, I've been in that situation too. Yeah. And so I am actually in the the opposite situation. So people are, you know, really excited to try new things, um, to do things in new ways, um, which is, you know, refreshing and exciting and, um, uh, and challenging at the same time too, because then it's like, sometimes I feel like I've got to keep up with them, you know? (laughs) It's like, I've got these ideas and they're like coming with more and I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe we need to slow it down just a little bit, but, um, no, it's, it's really been great. Um, it's a really great campus community. Um, people work together really, really well. Um, and just are very supportive, um, of one another. So just, you know, kind of like anybody that I've asked a question of or asked to do something, they've been very quick to uh, just jump in and help out. So, um, that's, um, that's the exciting thing. And I love, you know, I love challenges and I love solving problems and I love, um, just coming up with new ways to do things. So I'm, I'm one of those people that I, it's really hard for me. Like if we had have like an event or some kind of program, it's really hard for me to not make changes to it. Um, you know, like even when it runs like really, really well, I'm like, okay, that was great. But (laughs) if we would do this, it could be exactly how that feels. Yeah. Um, when I was, uh, when I was in admissions, I've, uh, I was back, man, 11 <laughs> years ago. No, no, no. 10 years ago. Maybe nine. I don't remember. It's sometime. I think I moved over in 2011. So yeah, All nine right. years ago. Um, we went through a lot of that. Um, especially when it came to visit days. Um, we mm. tried every switch way everything of how we could do you know our saturday visit days and i think we finally landed after all of these years on something that is really great um but uh it was definitely tumultuous for a while um just trying to figure out exactly what formula of things works in the most efficient way 
um, that it well a way that is efficient in moving people around campus while at the same time not boring them to death, you know. So right, um, yeah. Because you know everybody, people come for Saturday visits, and I mean they can get real boring. You you sit there and you have like four speakers all talking about different things, and you never get to get up. People fall asleep. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I think too, another thing that, that is challenging with those things is, you know, like delivering the right information at the right time. Right. Yeah. And so there's like, it's hard to like have a conversation, you know, especially like with a colleague on campus and, and they're like, Oh, we really need to tell students about X. And you're like, yeah, we do. Once they're here, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not necessarily something that we need them to do. Like they don't need to know that now they need to know that later. And if we tell them that now it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. Um, they are going to forget, um, yep. and probably going to be bored and maybe confused. And we don't want either, you know, we don't want any of those things to happen. Right. Um, but that's a hard conversation to have with people. Oh, um, oh, I say it. I say it during orientation too. Like, you know, keep in mind I'm in marketing and you know, I just give unsolicited advice sometimes. Uh, well, cause my, my wife works in student affairs and she's involved in orientation and I've been involved with it too. Um, but a big chunk of it is, you know, they're not even going to remember it when we show it to them at orientation. Oh, Why do no. you need to tell it to them at preview day? They haven't even applied. <laughs> exactly. So, so I work visit days um, and I really love doing it. And I've done it ever since um, I, I worked in admissions um, and I've kind of transitioned all of that kind of stuff just came with me over to marketing. Um, and I love going to these because there are essentially two things at Belmont that energize me, right? Um, graduation always energizes me because, <laughs> look, we did it. We got them to graduate. Right. <laughs> and we got a significant percentage of them to do it. Yay. Um, and then the other part is um, visit days. Like, visit days are amazing um, because... You see all of these kids, and and they're still kids at this point, um, not students, right? <laughs> or young adults. They are definitely still teenagers. Um, we see them with all the optimism, all the excitement, none of the snark. Um, not that students have snark, but you know, we have we have students in their purest form. Um, yeah. And it, and it feels so good. Um, and I guess the third day is welcome week. Welcome week's pretty awesome too. Um, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't beat, you can't beat the excitement of, of everyone coming to campus. Um, um, which is one thing that the, the visit days kind of lack because they're being dragged around by their parents. Um, <laughs> which is in itself kind of, you know, uh, entertaining, but, you know, the thing that I, the thing that I love about the visit days is, you know, I get to talk to the families every now and then the last one that we had at Belmont, um, I actually gave a family a tour of one of our buildings, um, because they just looked so lost. Um, and I was like, 
let me show you this um, because you're a motion pictures major. Let me show you our stuff. Um, yeah. And I ended up just giving them a tour of our facilities um, and telling them all these fun facts and everything like that. And they're like, are you a professor? Um, and I'm like, no, I'm the marketing guy. Uh, but, you know, it's my job to tell everybody how awesome this place is. So that's why I know so much. Um, right. Yeah. And it also helps when you built all the virtual tours. <laughs> so yeah. you learn a little bit about the space um, and everything. But uh, there's there's a lot that I miss about enrollment management. Um, it's a it's a good place to be, I think. I, you know, I think it is. And, and I had, uh, you know, a little bit of a detour. So my, my perfect, my position immediately before the one I have now, um, was actually in continuing education. Um, and there were, there were a lot of great things, um, about, about that work and a, a lot of things that I was really proud of. And, and I was kind of building a program, you know, pretty much from the ground up. Um, so, so there's so much that I was proud of, but there's just something about the admissions process and and working with students and their families and you know and yeah there are those moments where you know you're you know, the there's a parent that's frustrated or a student that's frustrated and then you know you're like oh you know how do I fix this um so you know it's not all like roses and sunshine and unicorns <laughs> and rainbows um. But those moments when, you know, you have, um, you know, a student who comes in and um, they didn't think they were going to be able to, to make it work financially at your institution, but, um, you know, they got their financial aid package and they see, oh, you know, I can make this work and, and I'm so excited because now I get to come here. Or, um, you know, you're talking to them and you help them discover you know, maybe a degree program that they didn't even know about, but you start talking to them about it and they're like, this sounds like the most perfect thing in the world for me. Um, those moments are those things that I think just really keep you going and, and are why the, the work is just, once you get it in your blood, I think it's really hard to get away from it. It is. Yeah. And one of the things that I've always loved is, you know, and, and I think in marketing, I do the same thing too. So I still feel fulfilled. But we help students connect the things that they love now to what they're going to be in the future. And we're the first bridge of that. Yeah. The transition um, from being a kid to being an adult. Um, and I feel like that's super special. I know that that's, that's a big piece of, you know, higher education in general, but when you look at it, too, from uh, helping them make the choice of where they're going to spend some of the most formative years of their lives, um, I think that's what makes admissions, like, super special. Um, and, man, it's great. <laughs> it, it, really, it really is. And I think that, too, that's kind of, in some ways, even though my, like, career path has been really unusual. And I think I started it off in an unusual manner by choosing English and chemistry as my teaching specializations. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that always gets a raised eyebrow from people. And I'm like, yeah, I used to teach high school chemistry and English. They're like, they're like, chemistry and what? <laughs> English, you know, like literature and writing. Um, you can but, do both. You yeah, can be mathy and creative. 
Absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, admissions is still like, I still feel like I'm a teacher in a lot of ways. Um, you know, because to me, yeah, I'm trying to, to recruit students to my institution. I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting paid to do. Um, but ultimately, I'm trying to recruit the the right students for whom our institution is the right fit. Um, and there's a lot of education that goes along with that. And so, you know, I will have a conversation with a student about, you know, what should they be looking for and what are the different factors they should consider? And, you know, what type of degree do you really need? You know, do you need a four-year degree or do you need, do you need a two-year degree? Um, and to me, it's all teaching and it's all like educating students to help them make the best possible decision for themselves. So if there's one thing about what you do that you think everyone should know about the folks in higher ed that listen to the show, um, what would it be? Mm. <sighs> wow. <laughs> um, just one thing. I can only pick one thing. Oh, you can I pick other things. That I, that I want. You think um, more than just one? Well, I think I'm on it. Well, okay. I'll, I'm going to pick one thing. Um, and that is that, um, you know, what, what appeals to me, what appeals to you, what appeals to, you know, a faculty member, another staff member, um, is not necessarily what appeals to the students we're trying to recruit. Um, and, I had a really great champion once who, um, when I was very early in my the recruitment part of my career, um, I had a proof of a print piece that we were going to do, and I showed it to our the VP of communications at the institution at the time. And he kind of wrinkled his nose up at it, and he he was like, mm, "I don't know about that." And I <laughs> said, "Bill, I'm not trying to recruit you. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm trying to recruit 17." this. I said, if you liked it, that would probably be a sign to me that I wasn't on the right track. And he is a very good natured person. So he was not the least bit offended by me saying that to him. I, you know, I mean, I know other people who would be, but he was, he was very good natured about it. And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, you are absolutely right. Um, he said, and I will not make that mistake again. And <laughs> he became such a great champion to like other people on campus. So when other people on campus were like, well, I'm not so sure if, you know, this is the kind of event we need to have, or this event should have this instead of that. And he'd be like, yeah, if we were trying to recruit, you know, 50 year olds, <laughs> that's what <laughs> we didn't do. <laughs> he was like, but we're not, we're trying to recruit 17 year olds. And I think that that's, it's so easy for any of us. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. It's so easy for us to look at things and go, well, that doesn't appeal to me. I don't like that. Or, you know, why would you do that? Um, I think, you know, kind of, my best thing is like spend three minutes looking at TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> can and, you can you spend three minutes looking at TikTok? Like if you can, you know, like if you can spend three, like if you have to like close it after thirty seconds, then then we know that like your your gauge of whether you like something or not is probably not a real effective gauge of whether you know a, a incoming freshman would like it. And so I think just you know for people to understand that. You know, we and we have different audiences. It's not all, you know, the kind of the traditional freshman coming in as an 18-year-old. You know, we've got non-traditional students. We have returning students. Um, and so understanding that, you know, all the things that we do 
um, in the enrollment management side, we're trying to appeal to specific audiences. And, and so sometimes the things that we do may not make sense or may not be, you know, kind of what you would think is the best way to do it. But just, you know, remember that's only a good gauge if you are the target audience for that strategy. Well, that's a great place to end on today. (laughs) Beth, thank you so much for being on the show, especially last minute. Oh yeah. No, happy, happy to do it. And, um, uh, yeah, anytime. (laughs) Listeners head down to higher and get links to the stuff we talked about today and subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please consider giving us a review on Apple podcasts. Um, It helps people find us and it lets us know what you think of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HES podcast. Send us a tweet. We love talking to you and don't forget to let us know if you want to be on the show. Higher Ed Social was created by Jackie Vitrano and me, Logan Bishop, and is produced by the amazing Emma Hawes. We're part of the ConnectEDU network, the first podcast network for higher education. Visit the website connectedu.network and subscribe to some awesome shows no matter where you work on campus. Don't forget to wash your hands. Don't forget to stand far away from people and don't get sick. See you next week.